Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode of Stabby Snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. As always, it is Jessica, and I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. And this week, we're going to be talking about a case that happened pretty local to me and happened while Tara was visiting me. Yes. <laughs> we were together when we learned of this story, and it is quite a cluster. A lot of details are still not known, but from what we can tell, it's a very interesting case. Mm-hmm. The case is about a 53-year-old man by the name, and I apologize right now. I'm going to have a hard time saying this. I have a hard time pronouncing names sometimes, especially because I haven't heard it fully said. Mm-hmm. It's Shankar Nagapa Hanged. We're just going to call him Shankar. Okay. So he was 53, and he was a data scientist slash analyst, and his title was an ELT architect and manager. On October 14th, he showed up to the Mount Shasta Police Department to turn himself in because he had a dead body in his car. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fun fact, I have been in that police department. I had to pee. (laughs) And it was really late at night, and I was driving through, and... It was me and a couple girlfriends, and we were driving up to Oregon, and it was probably one o'clock in the morning. And I thought to myself, I really need to go to the bathroom. The one place that was open looked super sketchy, mm-hmm. and I thought the pol- the police station won't be sketchy. And they were very nice, and they let me in. <laughs> and um, then they watched me go back to my car, <laughs> so I felt safe. <laughs> well, that's good, right? So like I said, he arrived on October 14th, which was a Monday, to the city of Mount Shasta Police Department with the dead body in his car. The cause of death is suspected to be death by strangulation. This was really an interesting because he walked in and turned himself in. According to the sheriff of the Siskiyou County where Mount Shasta is in, his name is John Lupe. Uh, the individual was obviously em- emotional, just seemed distraught from what I understand contrite. He seemed to be willing to talk to investigators, which is good. They found out that he's actually from Roseville, California, which is not too far from me. It's about a 20 to 30 minute drive, depending on traffic. And the investigation led to find that there were three more victims. Mm. He's classified as a spree killer because he didn't really have a cool off period. It was about six days in which he was committing these crimes. Um, I'll go through the timeline, but I just want to let everyone know that he drove about 213 miles, Mm -hmm. which is about three hours and 45 minutes, so almost four hours to the Siskiyou County. They don't know why he did as of right now. He just did, and he was driving his car, which was registered to himself, and it was a red Mazda 6. Like I said, he had four victims. Two were adults and two were juveniles which is always sad. Yeah. When they went to check out his residence at the Wood Creek West Complex, which I think is weird because I'm pretty sure Thomas and I looked at these apartments once. Ooh. Pretty recently. Creepy. Right? 
they discovered that there were three more victims. The police believe on or around October 7th, so that's the day before you came to see me, (laughs) he allegedly murdered a woman and a young girl. The following day, he then murdered a young boy. Mm-hmm. So they don't know about what time he left Roseville. And they, they also are speculating whether or not he had came and went from the home while the victims were there. But they estimate that the man, the young man that was with him, who was 20 years old, was killed on October 13th. And he was killed in the rural Siskiyou County area, which is around where Mount Shasta is. The 20-year-old is believed to be his son. Mm. So I kind of started the timeline, October 7th, the 8th, the 13th. So on October 14th, he turned himself in. And on early morning, around 3 a.m., they began the transfer to the southern Placerville County Jail, which is not, again, not too far from me. It's in Roseville. On the 16th of October, he was formally charged with four counts of murder. As of right now, I do not think they are going to add any other charges, but there could be like, you know, in California, you can, I think, transporting a dead body or something like that illegally can be charged. I'd have to look it up. Don't at me. Mm -hmm. But the captain of the Roseville Police Department, Joshua Simmons, stated that I've been in the business a long time. I've seen a lot of unusual occurrences, just upsetting occurrences. But this this one here is a whole new level. We're still in shock. He also went on to say, within the last week, the suspect left his home in Roseville with one adult uh, male of East Indian descent. They drove away in his vehicle. They drove from Roseville, traveled to unknown places in Northern California, and ended up in Mount Shasta. So, like I said, on October 16th, he was arraigned. He's being held without bail. And when he first went into court... He was trying to state that he did not want representation. He wanted to represent himself. And the judge basically told him this is a capital case and you are being charged with capital crimes and it's very tricky. You need a lawyer on your side. So after some convincing, he was assigned a lawyer. Five facts you should know about this case is one, the investigators say that the four victims were killed over a six-day span. The victims were two adults and two children. He was a data scientist, so he was he's an extremely intelligent human being. He owed over $178,000 to the IRS. The exact number is, as of May of 2019, is $178,603.48. And he had no prior arrests. So as of right now, this case, it hasn't gone to trial that they believe it should start in November. It's a pretty, in my opinion, it's a pretty open and shut case for the prosecution because he admits to it. He drove up to a police station with a dead body in his car. I'm interested to hear what excuses he has, whether he's going to say that the three victims in the home were maybe killed by his son and that he killed his son you know, out of anger or something like that. I am interested to find out more. And we, of course, will keep updating you on this. It's just, it's a very interesting case because it's not very often that you hear of someone traveling so far after committing crimes. And especially, they don't know if 100%, if 
the 20 year old who was with him was killed before they left. They it's presumed he was killed in Siskiyou County. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Like I said earlier, they don't know if he actually came and went from the residence while he was there or while the killings were happening. It's interesting that it happened over such a long period of time. Yeah, I know. I remember when we read about it, we were like, is this real? Yeah. I I mean, lately, Sacramento has kind of been a hotbed of craziness. Mm -hmm. But this case literally takes the cake. It is insane. Crazy. Yeah, it's um, it's just an interesting case, and I'm excited. I'm not, I shouldn't say excited because four people died, but I'm interested to see where this goes and how mm-hmm. this affects the justice system within California. Yeah, because right now we're in a moratorium, which means that it's a stay of execution on all death penalty cases. Mm-hmm. He can, I believe, from what I was listening to his attorney talk. He could still be charged. He could still be sentenced to death. But as long as the moratorium is still on there, he won't be, his sentence won't be carried out. Because Newsom just, I believe, just reinstated it or just, um, I think it's like when the governors take over, they have to like say yes or no, I'm going to keep it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, the death penalty is a hard thing to do, but there are cases where, I mean, this person is admitting to it. Um, apparently he's very cooperative mm-hmm. i mean i think he's kind of a high target right now because he had to show up to court in a bulletproof vest oh wow right so i mean because this is a big deal and it's like his ki- these kids and they all of the victims are related to him that's interesting i don't know in what capacity if like the other two the two children are his children or if mm-hmm. they're just like nieces or nephews um they haven't released that and i'm kind of glad that they didn't they did release the school they went to which i thought was weird because i mean i'm sure that there's individuals out there who know who they are because they made an announcement at their schools Mm -hmm. about what happened and that just it blows my mind yeah but they haven't officially made their identities known so that will be that will be an interesting thing to see if they do that throughout the case Mm mm-hmm and I don't live in Placer County, so I can't sit on this jury. <laughs> well. And as of right now, I actually cannot <laughs> <laughs> because I have spoken about this on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> and have a previous opinion. There is that. Which is great if I got called for jury duty and I didn't want to do jury duty. You're like, actually, I cannot. This is why. <laughs> I technically would be part of the media. Yeah. So um, that is what I have for this week's Stabby. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, as this case goes on, you will, of course, be getting updates and we will keep you in the know. All right. Okay. So we will see you next week for another full episode and another Stabby. Bye, guys. Bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. 
Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 